Good morning, you guys. My name's Eric, if you don't know that. Uh, I'm the worship uh, and youth uh, next generation pastor is my title. So I wear a few hats, just one this morning. But um, I am really thankful to be here. And this is McKenna. Everybody say hi, McKenna. Hi. She is a junior. Right, you're a junior. No, I'm a sophomore. Sophomore <clears throat> at uh, El Dorado. Yeah. That's right. You'll find the details aren't necessarily my forte, so I might slip up a little bit. But anyway, McKenna is, uh, was willing to read our opening scripture as we begin and focus on this, this idea that when all else fails, we can keep our eyes on Jesus. But I wanted to ask McKenna to open us, and our scripture this morning is Isaiah 26. So if you go ahead, McKenna. Isaiah 26, 34. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for God... Lord God is the eternal rock. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, McKenna. Give her a hand. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the chance to be together this morning. Thank you for your word and the truth that you will keep in perfect peace those who trust in you. Lord, I ask that you who are our rock, that you would teach us. Would you speak and move? Would we hear from you today? Lord, you are our shepherd, and so we ask that you would come and lead us, and would you have your way. Speak through me. Get me out of the way so that we can hear your truth. Thank you that we get to gather, Jesus. We bless you in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much, um, Hope Covenant Church. Before I begin with this full-on, you know, meat of the message, I just had a few meandering thoughts. As you get to know me, my brain has always got meandering thoughts, so I want to get them out of the way first. Um, The first thing is this, that I want to thank you for accepting me and voting me in as the next generation pastor. I don't think since I got officially hired that I've been up here speaking other than playing music. So I want you to know how much I appreciate and thank you for bringing me uh, in to be part of your community. Uh, I'm humbled and thankful to be here. And um, this has been a really awesome blessing for me to get to know these weirdos from El Dorado, right? No, it's really a part of God's work in my life that he has brought me here. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate you guys trusting uh, me and trusting God more than me to bring me here and be a part of this. Um, And I wanted to just affirm you for a minute as a community, right? The Hope Covenant body. Uh, Some of the things I've seen since I've been here, and I wrote them out so I wouldn't forget, but before I even started here, we played at the Butler Missions Week and our band came in and, and Amber and John said, hey, would you play some music for a block party? And we, we thought it was going to be like on an actual street block and, you know, maybe a couple things. But we had this full-on trailer and it was awesome. Hundreds of people and chaos and fire trucks and um, just what we like. Except when we were setting up, we got there way early and some of you were there. But as we were setting up, they had installed new power to, to the trailer that was going to power our system. And I started getting shocked. Like when I would stand on the trailer or touch the amp or the speakers. And we couldn't figure it out, right? I mean, Bryce, I don't know who else was there. Um, a few others, Steve, not Steve, he was there. Um, but it was so funny because it took us from, I don't know, we got there at 2 until 6.30 And we barely had it. We were able to play with one speaker, but we had this whole elaborate system set up and nothing would work. But what really struck me was we got to this point of saying, unless God intervenes, we can't play. There's no way we can do this. And during that four or five hour 
chaotic period, not one time did anybody who was a part of the Hope Covenant community get bent out of shape. The guys who were there and the women were helping and going, what can we do? They went home and got uh, tarps to cover the thing and blankets to maybe insulate from electricity for my bare feet. They, tri- they brought generators. You guys are bringing ladders, extension cords, everything. And I was so blessed. When we finished, I told the band, I said, that's a community that knows what's most important right? And they said, hey, man, it's going to be all right. It's all good. And uh, so I would really affirm you for being a community that's willing to just walk through something that can be chaotic and difficult and stay calm and trust Jesus. And it was good learning for me as well in the band to say, hey, man, sometimes it doesn't make sense and we just have to keep going. So thank you for that. The other thing is um, that you guys would be uh, open to change because I don't necessarily fit in the box, right, in a lot of ways. Um, So thank you for being willing to go outside the box a little bit. And as I'm called to be the next generation pastor, the key to the future of our church and and of the kingdom is that we're open to God's leading and open to change because we can't always do things the way we've always done them. And you guys are an example of bringing this weirdo with no shoes and a beard to help lead to the next generation. And um, I know that I might say or do or wear things that might be different, um, but the hope is that God will lead us into a new season that is an old season, meaning he is faithful through the ages. But as we are open for change, we're able to let go of the things that don't really matter in order to cling to the things that do matter. And Jesus is what matters. And salvation for the lost is what matters. And meeting the broken where they're hurting is what matters. And the teenagers in our community that are so wounded and fight such huge battles for their identity and uh, sexuality and understanding of Jesus and God and faith, that's what matters. And so thank you for being a part of the new generation, right? And paying my salary so that I can help out with that. So seriously, I appreciate the fact that you guys um, have called me to do that. Um, I don't take lightly the call to lead and to be a part of, of our journey together. And I want you to know that Um, my desire is that we would be able to show the next generation the love of Jesus. 1 Timothy 2 says this, This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Jesus Christ. And my hope is that this truth that our Savior, who can reconcile humanity, in fact, he came in order to reconcile us, would be able to reconcile his people through us as a community and that we would be a part of what he's doing. I also understand that I am not perfect and I am a screwball sometimes. And a friend posted on my Facebook this week, it was awesomely perfect, but um, it said, uh, I don't have any ducks, I don't have any rows, I only have squirrels and they're everywhere. And so um, I might miss things. So I invite you, Hope Covenant Church, to help be my ducks in my rows, right? So if there's things that you notice or feel or that God is doing, please be open with me and honest because we will be stronger together. And you can contact me anytime. My phone number I want to put up there. You can call me, text me, send me an email. I'm horrible at email. Ask Shelly, the office lady. She has to call me after she sends an email to say, hey, check your email, dummy. I sent you. She doesn't say dummy. But um, anyway, so contact me at any time, okay? Because I want to journey with you uh, and listen to what God might be speaking through you. And that being said, I'm going to try something that might totally flop. I didn't even ask Ambridge on this. As I'm speaking today, I want to allow time at the end of the, the message 
for God to speak through you. So as I'm sharing my thoughts, if God brings a scripture to your mind and a thought or a scripture that might, might support what, what I'm sharing, then I'm going to allow some time and one of our students are going to come up and just write the references. So you can call them out, right? Hey, as you're talking, this scripture came to mind. So God might be speaking through you today. So be listening. And if he brings a word to your mind or a Bible verse, then at the end, I'm going to invite you to call it out, right? Um, as long as it's from the Bible. Not movie quotes. We don't want movie quotes. Um, awesome. So um, I wanted to also then just share a few of the beautiful things that I've seen, some of the uh, beautiful hope happenings. First is the Gagabal pit. I don't know if you guys saw it out back, uh, but we put the word out uh, a couple weeks ago, and we had a family generously donate all the lumber and the material. And this last Wednesday night, we had our first Hope Aftershock Wednesday group for the fall, and the kids were jumping in and playing and stubbing their toes and getting splinters and everything perfectly the way we wanted, right? Uh, but no, it was such a blessing to see that and that we put out the word and you guys stepped up and donated and made it happen and our own leaders built it. It was awesome. The other thing is two, a week and a half ago we went to an event called See You at the Pole and I was at El Dorado Middle School and El Dorado High School and I'll tell you what, I was so proud of our students, the ones that I've just met, but they were there in numbers and willing to pray and intercede for God to move in their schools, to save lives, to bless their teachers, even the weird ones like Roger, that God would continue to bless and it was awesome to see them standing in prayer uh, hand in hand with, with fellow believers. That night we went to see you after the poll and we got to worship with over a thousand students from all over the city. And it was so cool to be able to be a part of something bigger than just this community, right? But the kids, it was awesome. We had a caravan of about eight cars driving there because we don't have a big enough bus to carry everybody and we all made it safely, praise God. Um, so the other thing is I want to um, just give thanks that this past Wednesday was our first aftershock and we had over 40 kids and um, we were able to take this whole room and make a big circle and, and Jen made a delicious meal and our leaders, we had over 10 leaders and um, I'm just thankful for this community and affirm you guys for who you are and what you're doing and I'm excited about our journey together. Amen? All right, the last thing is thank you to the worship band and the crew for the years even before I came, those who have led worship faithfully and faithfully and faithfully and faithfully, and they do the behind-the-scenes work over there. They always get the blame when something goes wrong, right? The computer and the sound guy. So they got to have thick skin. So thank you guys on behalf of the church for what you do. So, amen? Awesome. Yeah. Um, as we move forward, I want to invite you uh, to also pray about how you might get involved, right? Because we also have needs, and I've heard this before, but in the kids' area, we need volunteers to help. And we also would like to add another week of rotation to our tech crew. So if you're interested, it would definitely help to have the numbers to minister to the, to the littlest ones. Um, so pray about that. And be dreaming about where your passion is. Dreaming about what God might be calling you to do as you follow him. Be open to the Lord moving in and through you and be dreaming together where God might be leading us. So I invite you to dream with me and I promise you that no dream is going to catch me too weird, right? But God could be doing something through you that we haven't thought of yet and so be, be dreaming and sharing what God might be doing as we go together. Um, so uh, moving ahead, I have an illustration. So where's Trip? All right, come on up, man. This is Tripp. He's an awesome student of ours. This is a uh, soccer ball, and you'll notice it has issues. Right, Tripp, what's wrong with our ball there, buddy? It's deflated. It is super deflated. So if he, he's going to pump it up for me. Um, I'll use this later on. But it's a, it's a flat soccer ball. Can't really use a flat soccer ball, right? 
sort of, it hurts and doesn't, doesn't work. So as he's opening that up, um, I want to just begin by talking about today, there's lots of things that I would love to share with you, but today I wanted to really focus on this idea of keeping our eyes on Jesus and that we keep our focus on him and that scripture from Isaiah that we all will show it again, but that you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. And what I want to talk about today is that when all else fails, which is here, when all else fails, that we can trust in God who is our eternal rock. And um, as we are moving forward in our journey together, um, my desire is that we would be able to keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our attention on him, keep our focus on him in this world of change and in this world of ups and downs. And so this morning I want to talk about when all else fails, how do we keep our hearts and our minds focused on Jesus, our thoughts on him? That Jesus promises that he will take care of us. Jesus promises that he will provide what we need. He promises to protect us. How many of you would say that you believe that Jesus will take care of us? Okay, how many of you believe that Jesus will provide what we need? Okay, how many of you get emotionally worked up and anxious and fearful sometimes in life and forget that? Okay, good. Let me do both. Right? God promises that he will give us all that we need. Second Peter chapter 1 says this, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us what? everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. So this morning I remind you, we remind each other that God has given us everything and that his grace and his peace is ours in abundance. But what happens is we're messy emotional people and we forget, right? And we lose focus and we, and we take our eyes off Jesus and we don't fix our eyes. Um, I have, uh, I'm going to uh, bring to attention somebody who's, who's here this morning, but um, I want to talk about Patricia for a second. So I call her Patricia the Gray, right? So Patricia's on the front row. Her and Bob are dear friends of mine, and they have been with me through a lot of my journey of life. And they started coming uh, when I started, which is awesome to support me. Um, I call her Patricia the Gray because about two months ago I said, Patricia, I'm a mess. I need somebody to help me get my life together. Like, I haven't changed the oil in my car in forever. And, like, my, my yard is, like, six feet high. And um, I eat Hot Pockets for my boys all the time. That's all we have. And, like, the laundry's, I, we can't find socks. And I just need help, right? Because, be honest, I'm a detailed, squirrely mess, okay? And she said, absolutely, I'm on it. So she came in. I call her my Gandalf because she said, okay, what are your priorities? right? What's that on the floor? What is that, right? I said, well, that's a soccer cleats. Well, do those go there? No. Well, where do they go, right? They go in the closet. Well, then get them there, right? And it was awesome. And she, she was there to help me just sort of like start getting some boundaries together. And we're going to talk about guardrails, right, in a couple weeks. Um, but she helped me, and I needed her help. The reason I highlight Patricia and Bob is that a month ago, Bob had a heart attack, and here he sits on the front row, which is a beautiful thing. But I got a call, and Patricia said, Bob's in the hospital. So I went, and, and Patricia was sitting in the hospital. And what struck me was she said this, Eric, I don't know what will happen. He's in surgery right now. I do not know if he's going to make it. But what I know is that God is good. 
and that he is with me and he will carry me through. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Here's a woman who is faced with the death of her husband, that he's under surgery with 100% blockage. And her response to me when I showed up at the hospital was, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know God is in charge and he has my back and he will take care of it. Those weren't her words. Her words were, I know that God is going to take care of us. And he was faithful no matter what. She was an example of how to keep your eyes focused on Jesus when the storms of life hit. And it was so beautiful uh, for me to see that example. So, sorry I didn't ask you for permission, Patricia, but I felt like it was strong enough to share. The glory is to God, uh, her faith and example to me. So why is it so hard for us? What keeps us from fixing our thoughts and our eyes on him? Number one is that we doubt. We doubt God's promises in the midst of trouble. We doubt that this is all even real. We doubt that God's going to actually provide. We doubt that following Jesus is worth it. Because it's hard. You have to fight to go against the grain in order to follow Jesus. And we doubt in the difficult times, is it all worth it? We also live in a distracted world. Distraction is huge. How many of us go to bed? The last thing we do is we're looking through Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, right? We're on our phone and we lay it down. Okay? We wake up in the morning, first thing we do is scroll through our phone, look through it, right? Or we spend our free time watching Netflix or, right? I mean, we are a distracted people. We are constantly filling our minds. And so if the enemy can keep our minds distracted, then we don't have to realize that we need Jesus. It keeps us from being focused and fixing our eyes on him because we're easily distracted. And, and I'll tell you, I'm easily distracted. And so I want to sit with Jesus to pray and I'll have my Bible, and then I'll be like, huh, I wonder, like, uh, maybe I'll just check this beep came through, and I'll just, and then I'm an hour later, and I haven't even had any time with Jesus, right? Because I'm scrolling through my Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. So I'm telling you, this is for me too. But because of our distraction, it keeps us from, I think, hearing God. Another thing is that pain or injustice greatly challenges our faith and our ability to fix our eyes. When we're faced with pain, We can either turn to God and fix our eyes on him or we turn away. And it's really easy to turn away. And we also, the fourth thing is emotions and fear. We are emotional people, right? If you're married, you might have seen emotions every once in a while. If you have teenagers, you might see emotions every once in a while, right? If you have babies, you might have seen emotions once in a while. Um, But we are emotional beings that come, will go up and down and we deal with great fear and great anxiety Uh, But God's truth and promises never change. But it's our emotions that oftentimes we listen to the emotions rather than listening to truth. So how do we get over these hurdles? How do we battle these, right? And I think Hebrews 12 is a huge thing for me in my journey. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles and run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author or the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So the, one of the strongest ways we do this is together. We need one another, right, to pray for each other, to, to know what's happening. And so when I called Patricia, she was there to help me. And um, we need each other in this journey. And I want to just take a minute and tell you, this morning, right when I was getting ready to leave, my phone bleeped, and it was a, it was a Facebook message. And I want to show you this picture. This just got, this morning, this, this pet picture of a friend of mine. His name's Ricky. Ricky and I were in college together uh, 20 years ago. And uh, he became one of my best friends. And I just got a Facebook message from him. He married uh, Melissa. And the next slide is Melissa. 
she's um, Navajo from the Navajo Reservation out in New Mexico. Beautiful family, three kids. They just found out she has brain cancer. And they can't operate because of where it's located. They have uh, three little kids. The, the oldest is 13. And then they go down from there. And uh, Ricky sent me a message saying, Hey, brother, I know that you pray. Just, just so you know, be praying. So I called him on my way up here this morning. And I said, Brother, we have got your back. Right? And Ricky needs prayer. His wife needs a miracle. And what I'm so thankful for is that when he got hit with this tragedy, he told me. He reached out to me because we need each other. And the best thing to do is to be honest and reach out for help. Um, so I wanted to just pause for a second. If you could join me in prayer for Melissa and Ricky, that'd be okay. Let's pray for them right now. Lord Jesus, we know that when we cry out to you that you hear us. We know that when we look to you, you are there. You are the God who never fails and your promises are yes in Christ Jesus. You are the God who hears us. And so Jesus, our healer and our shepherd, we cry out to you for Melissa and Ricky and their family. I pray that you would heal her fully, Jesus. 100% we ask for a miracle. We ask that you would give them strength and peace and protection from the enemy. Give them unity and joy in their family in the midst of this. Surround them with people and provision to make it through. Jesus, we pray that through this you would be glorified and that you would draw people to yourself. Give Ricky the strength to lead and to stand for you and give Melissa faith and the doctor's wisdom. We pray for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So friends, I invite you um, then to also, I want to share with you a little bit another one of my stories. Um, uh, Some of you might not know this. Uh, I'm going to share this story and then then, uh, we'll read another scripture. But um, in 2014, I had been married for 14 years to the love of my life. And this picture is Larry. He's not the love of my life. He's a friend. <laughs> Just clarify that. Uh, <laughs> that came out funny. Uh, anyway, Brady, don't be jealous. It's good. Um, Larry Hanley uh, is a dear friend of mine. Uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio. He was a weatherman on on Channel 9 in Cincinnati. And uh, when we lived in Cincinnati, we would meet once a week for prayer. And uh, anyway, the reason I talk about Larry is that um, in 2014, uh, unexpectedly, I got a message from my wife at the time saying she wanted to be divorced. She wanted me out and our family would be better without me. And it shattered me. It broke me. It crushed me. And I was... um, in a very, very deep place, dark. And uh, the day that I found out, I got the email, and I was, uh, I was in tears, and I, I was crying, right? And I, I was laying on the floor, and I felt this, and this might sound weird, but I just want to tell you my experience. I felt this, like, warm blanket start to come over me as I was laying there in tears, And so I was like, in my mind, I started to like lean into it and it was like dark and it was very comfortable. And as I leaned into this blanket, I heard it say, look what God did. Look what he did. You prayed and you were a godly husband and now she's turning from you. Screw him. Screw God, right? Just come over here. It's his, right? God doesn't, right? He doesn't care. And, and I, it was like I had this temptation to just roll into this blanket of resentment and be like, screw you, God. I pray daily for my wife, and I pray daily for our marriage, and I gave everything I had for her, right? And now here I am, and the, it was like very clearly to me, I felt this blanket of resentment. And I feel like it was the enemy saying, come here, come here, blame God. Look what he did. Look what he did. 
And I then, it went from grief to fear. Then I was like, holy crap, dude. I'm going to turn away from God. I need, I need help. So I called Larry. And I, was, I put him on speaker. And all I could do is, he answered the phone. He's like, what? And I was like, pray, pray. And, it was, and I was like in this chaotic mess, right? And he began to intercede for me there on the phone from Cincinnati, Ohio. Jesus, give Eric truth. Jesus, give Eric truth. Jesus, help him. Jesus, give him strength. And, and I was afraid I was going to turn from Jesus and be like, screw you, I'm gone. I'm out, right? And after a few minutes, all of a sudden, it just went away. And then I went back to grief and crying, okay? Which, which I guess is okay. I mean, we have to grieve stuff like that. But the reason I point out Larry is that he was a friend that I needed. And in my fear and in my angst, the only way I made it through was I needed somebody, I needed a lifeline. I needed a lifeline. I was like, bro, just pray. And that's all I could get out. So I tell you that this morning because uh, for me and for us, the power that we have is as the, the cloud of witnesses, the community of saints, that in our openness with each other, that we can make it through. And that God is our rock, but he's our rock together. And that if we can be honest and open with each other, it will strengthen and drive the enemy away. It will strengthen our faith, drive the enemy back. Um, so, uh, okay, next step then. Thank you for listening to that. Um, where's Miss Tia? Where's Tia? There you are. All right. I'm going to call Tia. She's going to help me. Um, because, whether you know it or not, my title is wrong for our sermon this morning. So she's going to fix it. Oh, no. No, not Tia. Sorry. Ruby. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> Tia, you're at the end. Okay, my bad. See, I told you. At least I got her name right, though. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Remember your... You do? Okay, this is Ruby. Ever say, hey, Ruby. Hey, Ruby. Awesome. She's in middle school and over. She's going to correct. I mean, sorry. You can, you can write it if you want. Remember what you're supposed to do. Okay, so when all else fails, right? Actually, the real title is... Dun, dun, dun. Can you see it? Can you guys read it? What's it say? Before, Good job, Ruby. Good job. Thank you. Give her a hand. Thanks, Ruby. Yeah, I can't really see it. That's okay. Before all else fails. And here's my point that I want to make about this. And I'm kind of excited about this. It's a little cheesy, but that's okay. Before all else fails, God wants us to turn to him. Because when all else fails, we cry out in desperation. But I think that it's stronger when we turn to him before all else fails because all else is going to fail. We live in a world where we're going to get old and flabby and we're going to die and we're going to hit tragedy and unexpected things are going to happen, right? Let's be honest. All else will fail except the rock that is Jesus Christ our Savior in his unshakable kingdom. So before all else fails, he wants us to turn to him. Lamentations 3 says this. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I will say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. It starts with this. Yet this I will call to mind. So the only way we can call something to mind is if we've heard it before. So that when the tragedy hits, we can call to mind the things that we've heard and the ways that we've been preparing our hearts 
for the tragedy and walking through the blessings of life. Okay, so this is my image that I think is so funny to me, maybe not to you. You guys know those floaties, right? When you go swimming, little babies go swimming. You know what I mean? How you like put the little floaties on? Okay, so here's the deal. Floaties, you blow them up, you put them on their arm, and then you throw them in the water, and the kids, they, they bop around, and they love it, right? What happens if a baby doesn't have a floaty? They sink because they don't know how to swim. There's, there's adults who don't know how to swim, right? And if they jump in the water and they don't have floaties, they're going to sink no matter how hard they flail. So God tells us that he wants us to prepare and follow and trust him so that when the storms of life hits, that he will be with us and carry us and we will not sink, we will not be overcome, we will not drown. But what happens is we live our life, we don't need God really, and then when the disaster hits, we get thrown in the deep water. And then while we're floundering in the water, we're trying to blow up our floaties. <laughs> right? And we're floundering. And so if somebody's thrown in the water and their floaties aren't blown up yet, what happens when you go in the water, flat floaties, you can't swim, and you're trying to blow up your floaties and swim at the same time? What's going to happen? You'll sink. That's right. So I think we need to have Jesus floaties. And what that means is, that when we are gathered together, when we spend time every day with Jesus, <laughs> that we have... <laughs> I think I want to make shirts. So, got Jesus floaties, right? I love you, Brady. Yeah. I, I needed a scapegoat, man. Isn't he the best scapegoat ever? Yeah. Yay, we love Brady. <laughs> anyway, so what we need to do is blow up our floaties, fill them with air before the storm hits, right? So that when the storms of life come, when disaster strikes, when we get that phone call or that text or that news or that injury or the whatever it is, we've got air in our Jesus floaties so we can bob in the water and not sink. Because God has filled us with his truth and we can call to mind. Right? Isn't that cheesy? But it's kind of funny. And I, I like, it helps me to think, no, I, I got to pump up my Jesus floaties. And um, there's another way to say this. Um, and that is uh, in John 15, um, 5, which I'll get to. Um, can we jump ahead to, like, the scripture? I'm going to skip that part. I'm changing on the fly. Very good job. Thank you. Okay, um, I'll, I was going to talk about something else, but I'll come back to it another day if, if I'm not fired before the end of the service. Um, so uh, another way to say this about keeping our floaties pumped up is from John 15. Jesus said, remain in me, right? As I, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. nothing. So the only way that we can keep our floaties pumped up and be ready for the storms of life is by abiding with Jesus. So you can, you know, quote John 15, 4 to 5, say I need to abide in Christ and dwell with him. Or you can quote Eric Hock and say I got to pump up my Jesus floaties, right? Whatever you want to do. We need to be abiding and, and filling ourselves up with God's truth so that when storm hits, we're ready. Kind of like this soccer ball that he pumped up. Uh Uh-oh. It's squishy flat. 
So this is kind of fun. I bought these for my son. He's a soccer player. And uh, we, we opened them up, pumped them up, and this one kept going flat. And uh, he was frustrated. He's like, man, we just bought these and whatever. But then it hit me. I was like, this is a perfect analogy. So I brought it um, because God created us like this floppy soccer ball. We don't get pumped up once and then we're good for the rest of the game, right? We get pumped up and then we go flat. And then we get pumped up and we go flat. We got holes, man. We're messy people. Some of us has, have more holes than others, right? Um, and some of us leak more air than others. <laughs> but <laughs> let's just be, let's be honest. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> uh, but what we are are people that are um, in need of filling. We need to be filled. And if a soccer ball is not pumped up, then you can't play with it. You can't use it on the field. It'll get discarded. And so if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then God can't use us. Now, that's an extreme statement. God uses all things, right? He uses us whether we are connected or not, I believe. What I mean by that statement is, if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit and connected to Jesus, then he is not able to flow through us as easily. God still does what he wants to do. But I think we lose out when we allow ourselves to get flabby. Now, I'm not saying physically. Pumped up. Distant from Jesus, right? So my encouragement is that we would, like this soccer ball, continually be filled up with the Holy Spirit, meaning daily time in prayer, connecting like this in corporate worship, coming to small groups, Bible studies, um, and on your phones if you're distracted, there's Bible apps that you can read. But do what we can to fight to keep our Jesus floaties pumped up so that before all else fails, we have hope, right? And so that then when one another goes through the tragedy, those who have pumped up floaties can give air and life to those who are hurting, Right? We're called to help each other out, and we're stronger together. Um, so that is my encouragement this morning. Uh, I want to read the scripture one more time. The Lord says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. So, as I was talking, did you guys have any scriptures that came to mind that you're like, man, that's just like this. I wanted to give you guys a few minutes to see if anybody has any thoughts that came to mind. And Tia is going to write them down for us. Yay, Tia. And I saw a hand over there. Yeah. Psalm 1846. Awesome. Do you, do you want to, can you read it for us? Thanks, Tia. Amen. Psalm 18, did you say 26? 46. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. And let the God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord liveth. Blessed be the... Oh, sorry. Yes.
Amen. That's awesome. Can you guys hear okay? Do I need to repeat it? No? Okay, that's probably good. I'd mess it up. But thank you. That's right. We hear his voice. Anybody else? Scripture that came to mind that might affirm this? Yes. Psalms 24. Okay. What, what specifically? Amen. Thank you, Mike. Psalm, did you get that? Psalm 24, okay. Yes, Troy. Amen, dude. Amen. That is hope right there. Yes, uh, Roger. <laughs> Isaiah fifty-four seventeen. Amen. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That is hope, right? That's good. These are verses I hadn't thought of that God is using. Anybody else? Yes, Mia. Deuteronomy, you get to spell Deuteronomy. <laughs> That's all. Even before the service, she goes, now what if somebody says Deuteronomy? I can't spell it. That's awesome. I don't know how to spell it either, so you're good. Deuteronomy 31.8. Okay. Amen. Did you guys hear that? The Lord goes with you. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Thank you, Mia. That's awesome. Any others? Yes, Patricia the Gray. Okay. Hebrews 13. Youth, Wednesday night. She said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. And that was our verse for Wednesday night. Hebrews 13.8. Yep. Awesome. I should get rid of this. Okay. Anybody else? Yes. Amen. Ephesians 6, right? Ephesians 6 something. 10, 11. Awesome. All right. One more. And then if there is one, any more, then we'll close in prayer. Okay, awesome. Um, Would you close in prayer with me? Thanks, Tia. Good job. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your hope. Thank you that you are our rock and that you give us peace when we trust in you and that, Lord, you have said if we fix our eyes on you, fix our thoughts on you, that you will keep us in peace. So I pray that promise over our community. Would you grant us your peace? Would you empower the people of Hope Community, Hope, sorry, where are we at? Covenant? Hope Covenant Church to fix their thoughts and their gaze on you, that they would be a people who find their strength in the hope that comes through knowing their good shepherd who walks with them through the ups and downs, knowing that we abide in you. Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit that we would be empowered to love and to serve as your people, redeemed by you with our eyes fixed on you, 
Jesus, we want to trust you, so lead us and guide us. And where there is brokenness and distraction, I pray for your healing, that you would empower us. And for those who are here this morning who don't yet know you, Jesus, or who are doubting in their faith, or who are in a difficult place, I pray that you would meet them where they are, that we together would hear the voice of our good shepherd that calls us forward and says, I am with you, do not be discouraged. God, would you lead us and meet each person where they're at with your truth that we might fix our eyes on you in the days, weeks, and years to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Friends, thank you for listening this morning.